All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Off Axis Podcast. I'm here with my best friend, Mason Fleet, professional parkour athlete. What's up, y'all? Originally from Denver, Colorado. We're here in Las Vegas under quarantine still. It's uh, April 10th or so. And uh, got some, uh, got a banger yesterday, that was for sure. Been talking about having Mason do a front flip over the second uh, story balcony. Well, yeah, pretty much over the balcony. We'll run it real quick. Uh, down to the first floor, landing on the ground on that blue mat. It's pretty epic. What is it, like 12-foot drop or so? Mm, yeah, probably something like that. Whee! Boom. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Parkour indoors. But on to one of the main topics that I wanted to talk about. So yesterday, Mason was informed that summer shows are canceled, right? Yeah, unfortunately. So Mason was supposed to... <laughs> this is not funny at all because that's a lot of money gone. And when you're an acrobat, you need those summer contracts. And, like, dude, you're supposed to be at Cedar Point, right? Doing the All Wheels Extreme show, like mm-hmm. a parade or something you guys had going. And then they just told you originally it was going to be delayed, right? Yeah. Um, so it was like a three or four month contract uh, performing seven days a week. And yeah, I was supposed to start May 27th, go through August 18th or something. And then coronavirus started hitting and they said everything's still going according to plan. Hopefully this will just blow over. And then I got an email a few weeks later saying the dates might be pushed back. And then a couple of weeks later, they said basically all the <clears throat> performing contracts. What's up, Mama? Uh, all the performing artists are basically no go for the summer, and they might not even open up the amusement parks this summer. Damn. So. Come a little closer to the microphone. It. Um, yeah, that's a real wrench in my gears or whatever yeah (laughs) my plans um just because it was kind of the one thing i was looking forward to or just trying to make it up until the summer um a lot of times during the winter i'm not making as much money um performing so then i'll have to get like a normal person job like a muggle job or yeah um so yeah now Hopefully, I'll get like a Halloween contract or a Christmas uh, holiday time contract. But as far as the summer goes, I don't know how I'm going to be providing for myself. I got to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer because you like, it's almost like that contract starts like three months before because you have to start like preparing. Like you can't take like a long-term job. You have to like stay like i don't know you're pretty much preparing for the summer like you're pretty much ready to quit your job or whatever you have going on in a few months and you're pretty limited to your options that you can take because you know like you can't go get a job a month before so you're like kind of stuck and it's like almost like this never-ending cycle of like you do one summer you come back you usually live for like a month 
then you get a job or whatever you have going on. Sometimes you do Halloween shows. Sometimes I guess it lasts until Christmas. And then you have like this five or six month period where there's like not really any performing jobs. And if they are, it's just like gig to gig stuff that doesn't really pay that well. So that's like a huge, huge like impact on like everyone's lives. Like no one can entertain this summer pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it's um it's kind of rough. Um I mean, ideally I'd be performing or have some sort of consistency. Like I've had a consistent summer job. I've had a consistent Halloween contract last um holiday season. I started doing Christmas shows. So I was kind of like slowly filling up my year like long calendar of having different contracts. Yeah. And if you, you know, impress whoever you're working with, then they might invite you back next festival the next year or whatever. Um, but now that there's no like human contact being made, no like public events or anything. Um, yeah, all the acrobats are out of work right now. So I'm not sure how anyone else is making money right now. I know one guy I heard was like flipping fitness equipment on like Facebook marketplace or something. But like, I feel like everyone's kind of scrambling trying to figure out what their life is going to be like these next three months. Yeah. It's like you spend all this time trying to become a performer and like training and like your whole life kind of revolves around it. And now there's like nothing you can really do. Like you have to get like a normal job or it, and it's not even like you can just get a normal job. You have to get a job that's not going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if you've trained your whole life to do something, um, hopefully if this will blow over, you might be able to go back to that same, um, income or, um, art form that you've been passionate about your whole life. Yeah. But, um, as far as for me, I don't really have a lot of like money saved up, so it's not like I can just cruise for three months and, so I got to figure out if I'm going to, I don't know, start flipping products or have some sort of like side hustle to make it through the summer at least. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully stuff kind of goes back to normal before then or like, I don't know, maybe they change their minds after like everything goes back to normal. Like, all right, actually let's do this. But now I feel like we have to prepare for the worst. Like I haven't lost my summer contract yet because it's pretty short and it's not till like late June anyways. But I'm pretty much prepared not to do that. And I don't know, just like I guess I'll be doing DoorDash all year (laughs) or something. I don't know. It's like the only good way to make money now. It's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I was thinking about maybe trying to teach, like, trampoline lessons or, like, parkour lessons in the backyard. But even, like, the parks and everything, all the playgrounds are caution taped off. Um, And people are just getting more and more fearful. Like, I don't know. uh, Even at the grocery store, like, I don't wear a mask because I'm really healthy. And I think that if I was, like, more susceptible 
to getting sick, I would probably be more um, take a lot more preventative measures. Yeah. But I can see people like looking at me like he's not wearing a mask and he's at the grocery store. Yeah. Or like, I don't know. I just feel like every day uh, more and more people start freaking out more and more. Yeah. As far as getting infected. Yeah. It's getting pretty crazy. My, like my first comment yesterday on my YouTube video about door dashing was, are you really not wearing a mask and gloves when you do this? I'm just like, Oh my God, is that going to be the new normal? Like we become like China where everyone is just wearing masks and gloves all the time. <laughs> that is not, I, I do not like what the future looks like right now. Yeah. I'm just trying to sift through the truth and what's just like hype or like the media. Um, cause I don't know. It's hard to believe anything I hear on the media or even social media because it's like people get excited and then there's like these like buzzwords and like, I don't know. It's like yeah. hard to tell what's actually fact versus fiction. So yep. I feel like the the fear spreads really quickly and just when one person gets scared, then everyone's like, Oh, maybe I should be scared too. Let's all go buy toilet paper or something. Yeah. It's like, uh, like that's not the problem right now. Yeah. That, my parents told me like over a month ago, they were like, go stock up on toilet paper. And I'm like, nah, that sounds dumb. And two days later, I go to the grocery store and all the toilet paper's gone. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> people. Hopefully that uh, cloud has passed and. Maybe the toilet paper toilet paper shelves are starting to <laughs> fill up again, but <laughs> uh toilet paper so like what what is the best way to make money doing parkour or, or like be an acrobat do you think right now or like, like three th weeks ago maybe three weeks ago, I would say I would say a really good way is um well, I immediately think of like Red Bull athletes are probably like the highest paid, like extreme athletes. Yeah. Like Cause they have like a really good sponsorship through Red Bull and they get tons of exposure and they'll sponsor them to like, Oh, they'll fly you out to Dubai just to film a Red Bull video or something like that. Yeah, that's true. So that kind of seems like the dream life. Um, also, as far as like the, if you're like an average Joe, it's pretty good at parkour. Average Joe, pretty good at parkour. I would say try and put out content to be seen so that you could have some, I guess, a following. Or for me, my cat's like meow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, I started doing, um, I went to a parkour gym. I was working super hard for like a year. Yeah. And then I got on their performance team. So through them, I started getting shoe sponsors and different random like sunglasses sponsors. Um, so I got a lot more exposure and training by going to like the parkour gym all the time. Yeah. And then getting on their performance team. And then from there, I got started doing um, summer shows in amusement parks. Yeah. So 
then I could kind of grow like a little fan base. I guess that's when I started doing Instagram. And um, from there, I started getting my own sponsor, like Garden of Life. Shout out to Garden of Life for keeping me healthy throughout yes, the years. Yes, Garden of Life. Uh, but f- um, when I sent my proposal to get to become a brand ambassador for Garden of Life, I said, I'm doing shows every day at amusement park. Kids are always coming up and taking pictures with me. And so um, people kind of look towards you to see like what is this guy eating or like what supplements is he taking and stuff like that so that kind of exposure gets you um i guess sponsorships and then when you first start getting sponsorships usually it's just um items so i would get free things and then once you kind of start working your way up then they'll actually start paying you to do like a commercial or something so like yeah one time i was on like a vivo barefoot commercial and me and a bunch of the guys from the parkour gym we all just wore the different um barefoot shoes and we all filmed a a commercial in these shoes and it paid really well so uh, for an average joe that's kind of like how i worked my way into getting paid to do parkour yeah yeah, I think like nowadays it's mostly about doing as much content as you possibly can and like always like kind of criticizing yourself on like what you do and like making yourself better. Like uh, content is everything now. Like we got in to like being professionals before Instagram and stuff came around. Like I think that was like a year or so after we met and we're doing shows. But nowadays it's like you got to just keep putting out content as much as you can to have any sort of like no one's making money if they're not making content you know Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a really good way to connect with people too um yeah for sure if i just follow a bunch of different um parkour professionals on instagram i can see what they're doing and maybe seeing if they're coming to my town i can go to like some sort of meetup like oh this super famous uh free runner or parkour guy is coming to las vegas and he wants to train with people. And so then I can meet him and kind of network with him, become friends with him, and then you just start making different connections. And whoever you're hanging out with, those people are going to rub off on you. So um, that's why recently I've been trying to hang out with more like Cirque du Soleil acrobats or people who do like one-arm handstands or yeah. people I look up to or admire. I want to hang out with those people so that I can – pick up on their daily habits and um try and follow in their footsteps i guess yeah yeah it's always good like idolizing people try to like develop your style to become more like people like you like to watch and i mean do making your own content you can always criticize yourself and like make yourself better um yeah big shout out to garden of life again we're always hooking they like sponsor us and all of our friends now too it's crazy and it's like crazy because it's like such a healthy good organic company that makes like all organic stuff and most of it's like vegan or like top of the line kind of stuff that would be super expensive yeah it's been a blessing what like five or six years we've been with them so i used to do background acting in la 
how is that and like what was that like because a lot of people think of like being on movies as like the ultimate goal and you were in like a lot of shows and stuff <laughs> so yeah i moved out to la um because i wanted to do stunts yeah. um because it seems um lucrative i guess to do stunts or it seems like the dream life mm-hmm. um so I moved out to L.A. and someone told me I should do background acting, which is basically you're just an extra in the movies. And that's like, I guess, one of the stepping stones to um, learning the ins and outs of filming just commercials or movies, television shows. Um, so I signed up for this place called Central Casting, which is basically they just take your headshot and they take your profile your height your weight your um, skin color everything and you show up with a few different looks so i had like a business look where i was in like formal like button-up shirt with a tie and a jacket and then i had like a skateboarding look um where i actually had my skateboard which came super in handy um because i got booked for a lot of skateboarding things because i had like i don't know a mohawk or I had a skater look supposedly. And then um, what else? There's different, there's like 18 and younger look. So you don't actually have to be 18 and younger. Like I was like getting kind of old and they were still booking me for yeah. like eight, like Nickelodeon well, you're TV like 25, shows. 25, right? Or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have different kinds of looks. Um, and then they put your profile online and all the producers or directors, they look through whatever scene they're shooting that day like oh we're seating we're shooting like a coachella type scene and so they would look through all these different pictures and they would see my profile and i'm like got my tie-dye shirt on and my longboard or something and they're like he looks like he would go at coachella so then um they would book me for it was kind of really sporadic like you would get a call like oh you're booked for tomorrow so it was a little bit inconvenient um, just because I would have plans with my friends or something and it'd be like, oh, never mind. I got to work tomorrow. Yeah. And you got to nowhere. You got to be there at like 8 a.m. Um, and I was living at first I was living in Azusa, which is like east of like Pasadena. And so I would have like an hour, hour and a half commute to anywhere in like downtown L.A. Yep. And then after that, I was living in Orange County in Laguna Niguel, which was um, super far south. So the hour and a half commute was pretty um, steep to do, you know, three, four times a week all the time. Yeah. Especially if you had a like 8 a.m. call time, then I would have to leave my house at like 530 because yep. traffic would add another hour or so. And it would be like a two, two and a half hour drive, especially sometimes they're shooting super far north up in like Ventura or. Um, yeah, so background acting. Um, yeah, they would book me for random different shows and. Luckily, I was going through a company, so I would never really know the show I was on. They A lot of times, they would try and keep it secret, um, but I was on different, like, Nickelodeon TV shows. I was on, like, Bella and the Bulldogs for, for a few episodes. I was, like, a mascot. I was on some Disney TV shows. I was on um, 
Fox, Warner Brothers. Like I was on like I'm trying to think of like some of the more popular shows that people would know. I was on um, New Girl. I was on Narcos one time as like this punk rocker guy. I was on um, Fresh Off the Boat. I don't really watch TV, so yeah. I didn't really have like this starstruck um, thing that everyone else kind of had. They would be like, oh my God, we're on this show today. And I'm like, what show? I never <laughs> even heard of it. Like, um, so luckily, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun just meeting new people every day. Like everyone's um, just kind of like in the same shoes. But the thing I didn't like about it was a lot of the producers and directors, they kind of treat you like crap. Like, yeah. So there's like, let's say I was in like this Ben Affleck movie and yep. so that's like the, the a team is like the, the real actors who are doing like the lines and everything. And then there's like a B team, which is like their like stunt doubles or whatever. And then it's like, you're going down the totem pole and you're at the very, very bottom. You're, they're just like pushing you off to the side. Like, yeah stay quiet you know like i don't know they just really treat you like you're super disposable and you are super disposable in that situation so it was kind of um after a while you just feel like i i deserve a little bit better <laughs> treating than this yeah for sure and it's like it's it's kind of weird because you're trying to be there so you can get like credit so you get into sag and stuff but you don't know if you're gonna get credits and you you're just kind of like kissing ass you know like that's like the idea of acting and being in LA is you just gotta kiss everyone's ass yeah um yeah so after a while I felt like I wasn't really progressing um because I was just showing up and going to these random shoots and then they wouldn't really treat me super nice and it was kind of cool to like tell my friends oh it was on this show today and everyone's like what like that's crazy you're on that show but I, when I was there, I wasn't treated super well. And then like, I wasn't actually making progress in my art form. So like I was, um, I was at like all these different shoots and I would do like a standing back tuck or a handstand or something. Cause I want to get seen so I can be like a stunt person. Yeah. And they would say, you're not hired as a stunt person today. Like you're going to get hurt and then I'm going to get fired because you got hurt and like people just start freaking out. Like if I ever did any sort of like parkour on the set. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I never got like SAG Afra or like union. Um, I, I've got like two vouchers or something, which is basically you're getting paid as a union person for that day. Yeah. But, um, yeah, after a while, I was beating myself up because I was like, I should be using my, like, skills and doing what I actually want to be doing and not just, like, sitting here. felt like I was in, like, high school cafeteria or something. Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, do you have any other questions about background acting? Because I'm just kind of rambling. Yeah, what, what was, like, the coolest uh, set you were on or one that did go well or, like, any, like, moments that you had that were kind of cool? Um, I was on the show called Ballers with The Rock. Oh, yeah, you were on that show, huh? Um, the Rock and... 
I'm, I'm trying to remember all the celebrity people's yeah. names. Yeah, I mean, The Rock's the fucking top yeah. of the top. Um, and Jessica Alba. I was, like, right next to Jessica Alba, which was super cool because she was, like, one of my, like, high school crushes or, like, celebrity crushes when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and then who's that um, English dude who's, like... The bald dude? No. Uh he kind of looks like Jesus. He's all into like <laughs> spirituality. Oh, oh, fuck! Uh, I'm drawing a blank for some reason. Yeah, I know. it'll come later. Yeah. Um. So I was just like walking, and I like he walked past me, and I was like, "What?" Like I don't know. It was just really cool seeing like a bunch of different A-listers. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then they. They rented out Venice Skate Park, which is like a super iconic skate park. It's in like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And, and um, so they rented it out completely. And then they hired all these professional skateboarders to just ride the whole park. So I met like a ton of different like super pro skaters. They were doing these huge, crazy jumps in Venice skate park and I was just getting paid to like stand on the sideline and like cheer them on and I just like have my skateboard in my hand um and then I'm just hanging out at Venice beach all day and I'm getting paid to like watch pro skaters and yeah. celebrities so like that was a really cool experience um and then a few other experiences I had I <clears throat> I got to meet a couple um so, yeah, like I said, they kind of treat you like you're at the very bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. But I didn't really have that starstruck feeling, so I wouldn't really, like, give in to, like, them treating me like that. So yeah. I would just walk up to, like, some of these celebrities and be like, what's up, man? I always wanted to meet you. <laughs> and everyone would be like, you're not allowed to talk to him. Like, freak <laughs> out, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not? My bad. Like, I just want to say hi. So, like, I got to meet, um, who's the guy from Donnie Darko? Ooh, I don't know any actors at all. Uh, I know, like, The Rock, and that's it. Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. his name. Yeah, he came out, I was on the set, and he, like, walked out from this doorway. And I was like, what's up, dude? And I, like, gave him a fist bump. And the, the guy, um, the production assistant, who kind of, like, is like the sheep herder for all the extras was like keep walking these people aren't here to be your friends and then they like put us all in this room and they like gave us a scolding like you're not allowed to talk to the them they're not here to be your friends and it was literally just because i was like what's up man and gave them a fist bump and they're like god. they're trying to remember their lines and you're distracting them and oh my god la is so ridiculous yeah it was funny that whole like movie scene stuff is so stupid yeah so do you like living in vegas more than living in la or i mean they both have their pros and cons um i like vegas a little more it's a lot cheaper that's for sure and also it's a lot more condensed yeah so if I want to go to anything, it's like half an hour away or less. Yep. Um, which is way different than L.A. because sometimes you can be commuting for like two hours depending on if you're going from like all the way from the top to the bottom or yeah. what time of the day. Like in L.A., if it's anywhere like 3 p.m. to like 7 p.m., it's just like the whole freeway is like so packed. Um 
but obviously I think California has the ocean and like beaches. It's like so, a lot of opportunity there too. Yeah. There's, you never know like who you're going to bump into. Like, I don't know. It just seems like there's yeah. like crazy, like famous people. And, um, so there's that kind of excitement. Um, I just think of like that red hot chili pepper song, California Cation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, but it has its cons as well. And then also everyone in LA or not, I can't say everyone, but it seems like a lot of people, um, are really kind of like superficial. And so you'll meet with someone and they'll be like, yeah, we should totally collab sometime. Yep. And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And it never Never actually amounts to anything. And so, everyone's kind of like looking for the next big thing yep and nothing seems like authentic like right here and right now like yeah i I like vegas just because like all my close friends are they're all acrobats and they all have like similar interests and stuff in la it was like if i wanted to hang out with acrobats or something i had to drive like 30 minutes to go like see my friends and it was like is there's just a bigger like there's just so many more people there and like it's not as condensed and like everyone moves to Vegas to be a performer, which is kind of why I moved to Vegas since like there's a lot less people and I mean, it seems like everyone we hang out with is doing the same kind of stuff that we are. True. Yeah. LA is a really, really spread out. It's like a big pond. So like if you think, I don't know where everyone's from, but like, you start to excel in your hometown and you feel like kind of like this big fish in a small pond. So if you move to LA, you're like the smallest fish in the biggest pond. Yep. And then Vegas, the pond is a little bit smaller, but it's like all like, um, I don't know. I feel like less of a small fish than I did in LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like everyone kind of knows each other in Vegas. Yeah. Compared to LA, world, no sure. one knows each other. Yeah. Yeah. I like Vegas though. Do you think you could be like, like, do you think LA and Vegas are the only places to really make it as like an athlete or like a parkour athlete or acrobat? Like where else could you really do well? Like are people making it in a, (laughs) are people making good money in Colorado? Good money. I don't know about good money, but there's a really big parkour scene in Colorado. Yeah. Um, so there's like a really awesome community. Um, so I know a lot of the guys in like Denver and Boulder, Longmont area. Um, and there's tons of parkour gyms in Colorado, which creates communities. Um, so there's like a big parkour scene and everyone in Colorado is kind of like outdoorsy like going going hiking and camping and there's like skiing and snowboarding so everyone's like pretty active like into like fitness and stuff like that um so if you're trying to grow as like a parkour athlete i definitely say that's a really good spot to be yeah but um financially i don't know how those guys are doing as far as yeah other than teaching like what else do you really do 
Yeah, there's like tours that um, there's like different parkour teams and they'll go on different tours. So they'll like go around and I guess teach workshops and do like there are competitions, but I feel like the competitions aren't really like how you would make the most money. I would say through sponsorships. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like apparel. So a lot of people start like parkour, like clothing companies or shoes. Um, and other ways to make money through parkour. Yeah, I would say teaching or apparel, or you could obviously start your own parkour gym. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about the ninja story? The ninja story? <laughs> um, so one summer. 2012? I think so. Your first summer, right? It was my first summer. So it would have been, yeah, 2012. It was your first summer, right? It was my first summer. Oh, man. My first summer performing with All Wheels Sports. I was at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. And I lived in a house with like seven guys. Yeah, it was like seven of us in there. And so it was like a bunch of pro like BMXers, pro rollerbladers. Tanner was on a scooter, like a razor scooter. Um, I was like the parkour trampoline guy. And we are all living in one house for the summer. Um, which got pretty hectic because it was like just jam-packed full of people. We were all trying to share one refrigerator. Yeah. And then... It was fun now. Yeah, it was fun. It was my first like contract performing. Um, and so um, some of the other guys had been there a few years already. And they there was like this abandoned factory down the street. They yep. called it Sandusky Hell. Sandusky Hell. And they said they like built some BMX ramps in there and shot a music video one time. <laughs> I don't know. They were all talking it up. But so they said we should go there. Like it was in the middle of the night and we had we had already drank some wine. And so <laughs> it was like probably like midnight and they said, Let's go to Sandusky Hell and check it out and like we'll go on the roof. Everyone was hammered too. I was sleeping. <laughs> yeah, like it was like the end of the night where I was like, are we going to keep this party going or should everyone just like go their separate ways? And then someone had the idea, let's go to Sandusky Hill. And so everyone was like, Tanner, wake up. Like we're going to Sandusky Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and so we recruited like as many people as we could, which was like five people. It was six, right? Six. Is two girls it was that one random girl and then coco and then me you mike and jaren okay so six people and we get in mike's car and drive down the street and then we park in this big empty parking lot right next to the factory and we start going into the um, abandoned factory and we see this guy, like, did he have a dog or no? No, no, no dog. He's just, like, walking down the street. Yeah, he looked really shady, though. And so everyone, it was kind of like, it reminded me when I went teeping uh, yeah. in high school. 
and you see some like car lights coming or something yeah, you like you dive into the bushes you're like i don't want to be seen so we see this kind of weird sketchy guy walking and so we all kind of like hide in the bushes yeah and i think he kind of like stopped and like looked over yeah he totally looked right at us like we we're doing like the worst job of hiding yeah i mean we were like we weren't actually doing anything. We were all just kind of like giggling and like, yeah, we didn't really have any like bad intentions, but no, um, other than going to an abandoned building in the middle of the night. Yeah. But we weren't trying to like, you know, do graffiti or like vandalize. Things yeah. Or no, anything. We just wanted to go on the roof. So we go into the building and obviously the, all the other guys had been there before. So I'm just kind of like, what's happening? This is fun. And do you remember right before we went in, Coco yelled to the guy, hey, man, we're just going to be drinking on the roof. Do you want to come join? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> but that sounds like something she would do. <laughs> um, so we all make our way up onto the top of this roof. It's like four stories high, probably. Yeah. And we're just looking at the stars. Someone brought a wine bottle. And we're all just kind of like hanging out, uh, you know, talking. And then out of the shadows, we see this like. Well, first the, the van drove up. Remember the van drove up first? Like no. we we're all sitting there and then we look down and you see the van, like the sketchiest looking van ever driving down the street. And everyone's like, oh, duck. And then someone said, dude, we're on a roof. He can't see us. But, like, mm. I specifically remember the guy looking right at us. It was mm. almost like he knew that we were there. And then he, like, turned around and parked on the property. And then remember we watched him drop off that duffel bag to the other dude, the first original dude that we saw? No. You don't remember that? No. Oh, so he dropped off the duffel bag, and we, like, all thought, oh, they're doing a drug deal or something. That's what that guy was doing. Mm. And then they drove away, and then, like, as we watched him drive away, like, two minutes later or so that's when that guy appeared in the shadows yeah i mean like i said i'd never been there before so my i wasn't like on high alert like oh like someone's following us or anything yeah um i was just like i don't know they're in the moment like i didn't have any sort of like cautions or yeah so yeah, I look over and we're all on the roof and I look over and out of the shadows, this like guy and he's in a hoodie. He has his whole face covered. He looks yep. straight up like, like, an, like right now, like what everyone looks like. <laughs> kind of, but, but like he a was, ninja dude. He was, yeah, he all was, black, everything he had. A, yeah. Like wearing a, a face mask and everything face mask on and just his posture and his stance was like creeping up on us straight in the shadows too yeah trying to sneak attack us yeah it was very frightening i think it was coco or something spotted it out and screamed like whoa watch out there's a guy right there yeah and, and everyone like, what the fuck yeah i just like snapped out of whatever like days i was in i was like what is happening right now i'm yeah. going from like uh like that fight or flight um just mode immediately yeah and so I stood up and kind of took a couple steps toward him and everyone's like, what's up, man? Like we're, and Coco was yelling, we're just having fun up here. We're not trying to do any harm or anything. 
and then Mike threw <laughs> the line. God damn it, Mike. He does like an underhand throw, I think. Yeah. Of the wine bottle. Well, just like a, like, for example, we had nothing except for a few beer cans and a wine bottle to defend us. And Mike throws the wine bottle underhand at the guy, misses. Oh my God. <laughs> the guy grabs the wine bottle. So, like, the guy's already super threatening. Everyone's, like, trying to get this guy to back up. So, it's not like we just throw a wine bottle at this dude. This guy was ready to attack us yeah especially because he was didn't he already try to like tackle you before mike threw the wine bottle or something no, that was after that was after yeah so yeah. he comes at me and i just he grabs my shirt like on my shoulder yeah and i just sprawled towards the ground like i don't know i guess it was like a wrestling instinct or something yeah um, but I was like maybe five feet from the edge of the building. Yeah, now he straight tried to throw you off the roof pretty much. Yeah. It's like a five-story building. And then I'm kind of scrambling, and I don't even know if someone else, I think like Mike or Jaron kind of like started well, coming at him. Yeah. So, so we were like in like a triangle almost. Yeah. Um, like a stand, like a standoff. Mm-hmm. And then... Everyone was just running for the stairs, like the staircase. Yeah, I had that flashlight that I shined in his eyes for a minute that like kind of blinded him. I had this like big police flashlight that took me a while to realize that was actually kind of a weapon. <laughs> yeah, so Tanner's like flashing this light in his eyes, and then everyone books books it down the stairs. Yeah, and there were some like four by eight like plywoods over the stairs yeah. so i remember just like sliding down not the even r not even like running downstairs we're literally like doing baseball slides <laughs> for our life yeah running from this guy who was literally trying to kill us a second ago i remember jaron was already on the phone with 911 calling them letting them know like what happened so yeah we all get down all the three or four stories and then we crawl out the window that we came in and we all run as fast as we can and get into the car and then i remember getting in the car this is mike's car yeah but the girl was behind or something right everyone was in the car and then i was like where's mike and i like turn and look to my left and he's in like a standoff with the guy. Oh yeah, who had a like a straight up three or four foot long pipe. Yeah. At the time. And so I get out of the car and kind of stand in like a triangle between the guy and Mike. And the guy turns at me and I just start running. And I don't know if he threw the pipe or... Yeah, I think he threw it at you. He threw it. It hit me right in the middle of the back. I remember. It yeah. It so bad. And then I just kept running. Like, I ran, like, a whole lap around this building. Yeah. And then um, the guy... Oh, right before this happened... Uh, a second he, guy comes out. He bro Well, he broke Mike's elbow with the bat first. Remember that? That was after he threw it at me. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, and then... Out of nowhere, the second guy came in with fucking a like bear mace or something. It looked like a mini keg with like a spray tube on it. Yeah, I didn't see that part because I was just running. 
Yeah. Um, so at this point, everyone gets out of the car and is just like running. And Jaron called 911, and supposedly the cops are on the way. And then I don't even. Well, we all like, once that second guy came in, like, he just started spraying. I just remember him spraying mace everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just remember, like, the smell of it. Like, it, like, blocked my breathing and I couldn't breathe anymore. So at that point, it was like, just abandon the car and run for your life pretty much yeah fortunately once we started running that's when the like this whole situation went on for a solid five or ten minutes because like the cops arrived you know it takes them quite a while to get there mm-hmm. The like as we're running down the street the cops are driving up the street and then the guys who were chasing us like kind of retreated and went back into the building well first they broke all Mike's windows on his car and shit. Yeah, they they took the metal pipe and broke out all of his windows and, like, his mirrors and stuff. Yeah. And then the cops eventually drove us home, and then we got charged for trespassing. Yeah, we got charged after this. someone tries to kill us. And it seemed like the cops kind of knew who the, this guy was. Yep. They're like, oh, yeah, we had to deal with him like a couple weeks ago or something. And we're like, wait, yeah. what? Like, and then the next day, our names are in the newspaper. And with like our house, it's like. They put all of our they put all of our information, all of our full name, where we lived in California, like our home address and where we were currently living, too. Like they put literally our address for guys who did not get caught in case those guys read the newspaper, they would have known exactly where we left. Yeah. That was really messed up. I remember. And they made us look like we were the bad guys too. Yeah. Like Sandusky men fight for their lives or something against other like extreme sports athletes of the all wheels extreme show. (laughs) God. Um, so yeah, then we all had to go to court for our trespassing. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember the judge was like, so you guys like in the X Games or something? He's like, that doesn't sound like something people would do if they were in the X Games. And yeah. Like, I don't know. The judge yeah, was like, he like asked like, his assistant, like, you don't think the guys that do the X Games are breaking into an abandoned building at four in the morning, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, I don't think so. It's like, they just like let us go. Yeah. So luckily we didn't get charged for trespassing, but... Yeah, it's still a really scary story just because we're all just kind of hanging out, being stupid kids, and then this guy just comes out of the shadows and attacks us. Yeah, like he clearly had a bunch of like weapons too. Yeah. I remember his hand was behind his back at first. Like I thought he had a gun. I thought he was just going to straight up shoot us all. I think it was a knife that he had though. Hmm. But I remember at one point like when he – went to tackle you like we all went to kind of like jump on him and you like he like pushed you away and you like i don't know if it was the wine bottle that he broke or he had a knife or something but it kind of like warded everyone off and we're like whoa this is for reals yeah it's like some dude on pcp or something too yeah like the guy was clearly on some crazy drugs Mm mm-hmm 
which is the crazy thing. Like that guy was essentially like a zombie trying to kill us. Yeah. Scary. Probably the craziest story of my life. I hope that never happens again. For real. Like that could have gone so many worse ways. Like someone easily could have died had it not like had it not been a group of elite athletes. That would have been really bad for like some normal Joes. They would not have known how to defend themselves. Yeah, for sure. Or like if it was all girls. Mhm. Or like if it like one of us like could have like killed him too and that would have been a worse story yeah like it we got out pretty cleanly like just mike had like his elbow broken by the bat Mm -hmm. and uh all of his car windows were broken and shit Mm -hmm. yeah it could have gone a lot of different ways but yeah i remember they found because they they abandoned that van because they drove up with the van that they dropped all the weapons off in the duffel bag and then the ba- the van was still there so the guys like or the the cops found the van and they like it was stolen of course and it had all these like weapons and i think there was like they found drugs in it mm-hmm. and then they found the guys i remember mike got a call or something from like the detective and was like hey do you want to press charges we got these guys uh what do you want to do about it But, uh, yeah, I think Lily's calling me. Yeah, crazy story, though. Uh, do you want to wrap it up right here? We're at 50-something minutes. Sure. All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for coming on the podcast again. Uh, for everyone listening, comment down below if you watch this video and what you guys want to see next. Uh, if you got any good topics for us to talk about, too. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Mason is uh, at Mason Fleet on Instagram. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe if you haven't yet. Yeah, let me know if you guys have any questions for me. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Peace.